0: as they debate the merits of the great American radio show that have been missing for far too long.
1: On that night, an idea was born. That idea became the FDH Lounge. Welcome to the FDH Lounge.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the FDH Lounge. Rick Morris and Jake Digman here today, belatedly We'll get to that in a second. Breaking it down for you, FDH Lounge mini-episode number 1106. It is the post-WrestleMania week wrap-up that we are going through. Jake has been kind enough to uh, truck it up to Casa de Riccio, as it were, and uh, after some uh, horrific technical malfunctions here, uh, my man has been a great sport as per always while we worked through them. They are done. We are now recording It is my immense pleasure to be recording with my good friend, my fellow FDH Lounge dignitary, as per always. Uh, Jake, welcome to the CASA, I believe for the first time ever, and uh, so glad to be uh, recording the WrestleMania 35 uh, post-week
1: wrap-up with you. Well, thank you for having me in um, La El Casa Day. Day Riccio, or whatever you called it, and um, I uh, just learned uh, all about the magical powers of drivers on a computer, and how important they are, and I have no idea what just happened, but it works. And I just, yeah, I just paid what's probably
0: some scam service to update all my drivers, which was a necessity. A beautiful new mic, I must say, a Christmas present from my brother, uh, for which I was prepared to... Unsarcastically say thanks, Mike. But now it's going to be tinged with a little bit of sarcasm for what we just went through. But <laughs> a beautiful new mic setup, and uh, again, I wanted to break it out to have good sound with you, Here It's it's been a while since I actually recorded with anybody, uh, as opposed to on the phone. So uh, glad to have this mic set up here uh, with you and to be able to capture what I know was a very memorable week in your life and, uh, again, very happy uh, as I was seeing it unfold all on Facebook here. I know how much it meant to you going out there and uh, filming a lot of the indie shows that were going on around uh, WrestleMania week. Uh, it's interesting to me because I'm just going to put my thesis for the week out there: is it sort of WrestleMania week... Is almost sort of the equivalent of WrestleMania itself. It's just so overstuffed with anything and everything going on. I mean, we could sit here, we could do a 24 hour
1: broadcast. Oh, uh, we did that do, already. Yeah, pretty much. I was a part of that. Yeah. That, uh, we set that up. Uh, <laughs> in 06? Uh, no, no, I did that in like oh, over the weekend. Oh, okay. We had, it wasn't a 24 hour, but it was, okay. I believe, a 12 hour broadcast on the Fight app. Okay. Um, it was kind of like, it was hosted by, um, it's available right now, by the way, on the Fight TV app. You can download it if you want to watch this. Yeah. There. It's um, uh, Cyrus Fee's, Matt Stryker, and SoCal Val, and, and plenty of guests were coming in and out of the studio that mm-hmm. we had created, and it was 12-hour broadcast, and it was like Sports center for wrestling fans. It's kind of uh, mm-hmm. surreal. I did a count. There were... Um, do you know how many pro wrestling shows were going on in a six day span in New York City slash New Jersey this past week? It was a couple dozen wasn't it? 55. 55, man. That's if you count everything so if you count like so on that we're counting like um, obviously all the WWE shows Sure. And like Included in there, but that's like two. <laughs> that is actually, I, mean, I counted Hall of Fame too. For that, All right, so, you, so you would you had, um, we'll just go backwards. Yeah, there was Smackdown five. Raw, there was um, uh, WrestleMania, obviously, NXT sure. Hall of Fame, and then they had three sessions at Access that were like specific things that were like yeah. you know, NXT alumni versus NXT, like. Things that people out there that are, you know, strictly under the WWE umbrella... That's, that's going to be great stuff. Be Luke like, Harper you know, returned. Yeah, Luke Harper returned on yeah. that. And the, But for people who are, like, strictly under the WWE umbrella, they had all that stuff. And then there was everything else that was going on, which mm-hmm. was, you know... Wow, what a ride.
0: Well, and your stuff... I think wasn't all of it on the fight app, or most of it. If you want to go find it, everything
1: that um, I took part in, that uh, yeah, it's all on the fight app. Okay,
0: so it's it's just amazing to me, you know, the the slice of all of this that you were able to capture, and and again, WrestleMania week and WrestleMania both being, you know, the proverbial ten pounds in a five pound sack as far as everything that's loaded into it, and that you can go through a week. And of course, again, it's a great week for wrestler paydays. They're able to catch a lot of the the, the different uh, job opportunities all there in one spot. Uh, a lot of job
1: opportunities that weekend. A lot of job opportunities. Well, yeah, exactly. Jobbing right and left.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I could have been doing the job on multiple shows. So many
1: shows. Some people did.
0: I don't know how many jobs this guy did in that sense, but I know you said that at three separate shows you were at, you actually watched. Uh, you got the got the film Pentagon Junior.
1: Yeah, Pentagon was uh, pentagon. Penta, the best thing is he had a different name at each show, which was awesome. Oh, okay. He yeah. <laughs> like, got
0: variations on it, right? There
1: was uh, him and Ray. Here's the funny thing on that. So. I brought this up in conversation because um, arriving for, like, you know, by the time I got to the third show, which was House of Glory on Saturday afternoon, available on the Fight app. There you was, go. Uh, uh, a
0: lot of cheap plugs yeah, coming, folks.
1: Yeah, a lot of them. Um, there was, uh, I that was the first time I'd actually seen either Phoenix or Pentagon. Okay. In, like, the backstage or anywhere. So I saw them getting out of the car, which looked like to be just, like, an Uber, which would have been hilarious if you knew that Uber, right? picked up <laughs> those dudes. And, like, yeah, because the car just took off and left. I don't know if they had, like, a personal driver or what it was. I would like in my brain to believe they had an Uber, and they were just... They, they had on all their gear, and they had towels on over their head, with their heads... Are, like, they're already ready to go with, like... I was just going to say,
0: please tell me that they're, like, Mil Mascaris and Mr. Yeah, absolutely. Wrestling 2 and won't break KJ. Absolutely. Won't take the you, mask off. D- I never them.
1: saw okay. them in the... I, I okay, so that's so amazing. They worked the the um, impact show was the oh. first show that I that uh, we worked with them. Uh, there was that show, there was the House of Glory show, and there was one other one, and it's slipping my mind right now. And i will be like, "Hey, why don't you remember us?" But it'll come, <laughs> it'll come to me in a moment. And yeah, never. Once did they ever like? it's kind of weird that they never. Yeah, they never saw him in the like the backstage and like the, where a lot of people were. Uh, yeah, it's kind of uh, kind of kind of surreal like that.
0: Well, and it's it's so interesting too because this week it, it it shines a spotlight on so many other promotions in a way that they don't really get the the spotlight the rest of the year. It's the reflected glory essentially of WWE, but it's so interesting that you mentioned the Impact promotion because again for for so many years run by Dixie Carter and just it, it's so funny that when they were on what seems like a bigger scale because even when they were on crappy tv networks at least they were on you know networks that you know a fairly decent amount of people could get And for a while, they were on things like Spike. I remember at that point, they were just so irritating. It's like, just die already, you know, just just go away. You know, your your women's champion has to quit because she's embarrassed, she works at Sunglass Hut that you don't pay her enough money to live off of. Like, in those days, it's like, they were just so irritating. And now they've just morphed into a standard issue indie promotion. And now it's like they're not only non-offensive in that way; they're actually fairly decent, you know. So it's it's funny, you know. It they, was, they just morphed. It was now really they're like everybody cool. else. Uh,
1: it, it was really cool. How, like the setup, they or what they were doing, the idea behind it. Of mm-hmm. um, like the show is the United We Stand, and they were having like all these different. You know, me being a a. a Self professed Lucha Underground fan. It was really cool to see, like, you know, hanging out and have the opportunity to meet Marty the Moth and, uh, um, uh, who was it? Uh, Aerostar and Daga. Um, I did get to see one of them without their mask on. And okay. surprise, it's a Mexican guy that you wouldn't recognize if you didn't have his costume Interesting. On. Okay. <laughs> it's just like, hey, is this what He's just some guy. <laughs> he can well, walk into the store. It's, I guess that's the advantage and beauty of it. But, yeah, that was kind of cool. What's so
0: funny, too, isn't, like, the theme of their show, I think that's sort of central to what I'm talking about. Because back in the day, like, TNA wouldn't even let their workers work for ROAs. Yeah, yeah. They were so selfish about stuff. Now they're just, like, an indie promotion like anybody else and they're kind of cool actually.
1: And that's kind of the kind of cool thing right now that's going on and I kind of figured because again there were so many people that were working so many shows. Mm-hmm. I like you go to one show like for example the first show we did, the Destiny Wrestling show Gangrel was there and then you know he wrestled in some six-way scramble. There's so many six-way scramble bamble matches that were on the shows just because right. they were uh and so he, we were at that show and then um you know, I'd see him later on at the Black Craft Wrestling show and I was just like, hey, Mm -hmm. he's like, hey, it's like, what has happened to my life? All of a sudden, I'm now friends with a vampire and, you know, it's (laughs) cool. I mean, it's really cool and like, you know, it's just one of those like surreal things. You don't really know. There's so many people that are like so many like literally going from place to place to spot to spot to spot. I was telling you sure. before like the Great Muda. like I didn't even like he wrestled his match at the House of Glory show, did his beat and greet beforehand, walked out, walked out of the curtain, got out of the ring, and was match, got into a waiting car, and went down and went and did the um, uh, ROH and New Japan show later on that night. You know, there's just, it's just, just so much happening. The first show, like, I don't know where here's British Strong Style, you know, that was on mm-hmm. a Tuesday, or, sorry, Thursday afternoon. It's just the amount of, and I guess even last year, because this year was spread out, last year it was even more insane, because it was down in uh, New Orleans, so everybody was like, right there.
0: Sure, sure, and it's one of these things, too, where when you look at it, I'm curious to know from your perspective, how much... The industry has changed since this point last year from having been there because... I wasn't there last year. No, no, no. I'm going to describe... (laughs) I know you weren't. Okay, wait a minute. I'm going to describe the landscape versus what it is now. Because I felt like a year ago, and I think you probably felt, a lot of us felt, like we were moving towards... That, that ideal back in the day of Pro Wrestling USA, of anybody who's not under the WWE banner, it's like they're all working together. They're all in a melting pot. And, and we sort of saw that a little bit more <clears throat> at All In. Because that was sort of the same kind of thing. Yeah. Having said that, the people behind All In were like, hmm, we can go make our own promotion now. So now that there's an AEW in the mix, does it feel less... Like everybody who's not under the WWE banner is sort of in it together, or I know AEW has said that some of their guys are still gonna be free to
1: work other places. Oh is, is
0: it, AEW casting a shadow, in other words, over this whole unity thing?
1: Yes and no. Okay. AEW is one of those things where like there was so many people that were I saw walking around that were sporting and representing AEW. Okay. And from the what I understand it and just from what I've read and what I've heard and just hearing people talking, is that like AEW sounds on paper mm-hmm. like a really great Idea, right? And especially as like you know, more and more things get out there and expose, like the John Oliver piece on HBO. You mm-hmm. talked about the WWE and brought up a valid point that every wrestling fan knew for well, not every people like us, sure knew forever. It's like, how do you still get away with this? Is shocking, right? I've said this for the longest time. We've we've had these conversations with everything that's yeah. going on, you know, in like you know, hashtag Me Too movements and everything and stuff right. like that. They better pray no one ever shines a spotlight on wrestling. Yeah. and you know, of course, you're going to have the, the 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 Jerry McDevitt um, sick him on people. Well, and yeah, we had nothing to do with that. But yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, if you are the you know the face of stuff like that, where it's like you know, there's a certain culture and a certain thing that is more and more. I think a lot of times there, mm-hmm. people are just like afraid to speak out because you didn't really have an, another option. Another option no other place to go and now the benefit of all these places working together yeah is that you can like you know have a place to go and i mean it was just crazy because like i didn't know any of the cards mm-hmm. ahead of time so just to see like who's gonna come out and wrestle a match like who's next and you're just like yeah oh oh you're here oh this guy like we had this one this one show we did um oh, oh it we weren't even filming that show. We were waiting for the next show to happen. Mm-hmm. And it was an IPW UK show. And okay. all of a sudden James Storm is in their main event. We're like, What the alright? Wow. That's interesting. It's like um a Lot all of right. fever dream booking. <laughs> so many yeah, it's just like it's anybody who if you had if you were a wrestler that was good. Yeah. Other than like, you know, the Bucks and all those and I was half expecting to see them show up too, but they didn't. Right. Um you know, if you're a wrestler that's, you know, and you, were, you could have, you were working this weekend. Like, it, it was just surreal. Well, not only that, I mean, and, and to the extent
0: that, you know, tape trading still exists, uh, because I, I don't, I don't exactly, I've
1: tape never. Tape trading has actually been surpassed by, it's all come to you now. You don't have to wait, uh, send some money out in the mail and wait for some guy to send you a VHS mm-hmm. tape that you could copy with your other VH, VCR mm-hmm. You can just check it out on the Fight app, available now. <laughs> I didn't
0: realize I was throwing it a lot for the LU, but okay. Whatever form it takes, Jake, but I am very happy that we can work that in yet again. So my point being that you talk about Rascal's pizza. (laughs) We can do that as well. That it's one of these things what's cool to me is that if you're if you're in that upper echelon of wrestlers working outside of WWE. That it's a thing where there's always, like, like as the fans, we always want to have a thing. It's always, like, dream matches and everything like that. And it would seem like, in this day and age, like, every match that should happen is going to happen somewhere. You know, yeah. I like to see this guy and this guy.
1: And that's sure, you, you're going to get yeah, that. Then you're going to get that. Yeah. yeah. And that's here's, awesome. Here's the other thing, too, that has changed a lot that mm-hmm. I've noticed from my, like, uh, um... The, cost to go to a show mm-hmm. it's like 25 bucks yeah it's the same price as it's for like an mma show yeah. and i remember like when we were first when we were doing like naps and stuff back in the day and even as recent with rfo it's like the thought of like you know the pro wrestling show is always like you know 10 15 dollars but again you, you pay 10 15 dollars you're gonna and no offense, all the local guys right but that's what you're gonna get right and you know if you're getting a name on a card like in a name value. I'm not quite sure what the ticket price was, for, but I'm pretty sure you know, fans probably would have paid up to like, you know, 40, $40 to $50 to see the Great Muda wrestle, because sure. when are you going to get on a chance to see the Great Muda wrestle at such a small setting like the NYC Arena is? Right. Which, that's a thing where we, we talked about this a little bit off air,
0: that as I was following your stuff on Facebook, it was like, you know, Jake Digman is at the NYC Arena. I'm like, oh, that sounds like a cool thing. I've never heard of it before. I'm trying to look it up online and it's like, it's some kind of spot in Queens, but it barely exists on the internet. The so.
1: NYC Arena is mm-hmm. in between. It is like a, a block in Queens and it is a... Clever gimmick because I'm pretty sure the other six nights of the week it is either a dance club, a concert venue, a gentleman's establishment. I'm really not quite sure. Um, it had two big bars on like like not bars but like you know alcohol bars on either side that you need. Let's to go give it to. up
0: for Amber around the main stage. And then you've got
1: like you know these and it could be, but you know what though, it is what it is. I mean, it looked like it was kind of a club. It's a club atmosphere. Yeah. So. You can definitely tell a lot of partying's gone on in that place, but it's—it's. It's, I mean, it's New York, man. You know, <laughs> that, that, and the funny thing. Oh, that's not even the weirdest venue that we filmed in that weekend. Okay, um, probably one of the best ones was. Uh, I don't know the the weirdest one was the, the Uncanny Attractions Drags and Drop Kicks, which took place inside of what I do believe was a gay nightclub over in um, Brooklyn, okay. and it was fantastic in the middle of the show. A just think of like a. Seven foot tall Lady Gaga coming down to do a, a, a drag show in the middle of this, and they come down and you can watch this on Fight too. Um, <laughs> she they comes she comes down and she's singing all these lip syncing all these songs and she's got these two balls that are like lit up and they're like I'm like swirling within an inch of her nose and I'm just like how are I'm filming this going like what is happening with my life right now and there's a whole story of the fact that we even got that show set up because we had to go from when you say balls. Like lit up balls, like like orbs. Okay. Orbs. I, all right, all Does that right. I'm, I'm orbs. glad you clarified because I didn't know where you orbs. were. Going with spheres. That. Okay. Lit up <laughs> spheres. Okay. Sil- None of them have hair cylinders. Okay. All right. Um, anyways. <laughs> the fact that we even got to that show was insane because we had to go from uh, we had to go from the NYC arena in yeah. Queens and uh-huh. get over to this other spot in Brooklyn that we hadn't been to. The show the first show the house of glory showed went long okay and by the time we got out of there you know I mean there was uh, I mean it was a good solid crowd there maybe 800 uh-huh. fans or so so by the time we got that done and all the c- c- camera equipment and everything you know taken down we had, it was like six ten okay and we had to go live at seven in Brooklyn and somehow, by 7.10, we were on the air. Would it be a permissible Baby joke? props to Mike Moran on that.
0: Well, yeah, it sounds like a lot of hustle. <laughs> Would it be a permissible uh, joke to say that that type of venue
1: sounds like they host a House of Glory whole show? You know, um, I mean, I don't know. I can't. uh, I I didn't see enough of. They they had a bunch of cages hanging from the ceiling, though, that went up and down. That's how. uh, I don't want to know. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." (laughs) So, but the the funny thing is, on this bit that that happened was hilarious. So they come, like you know, they're doing those performance right uh-huh. and all of a sudden this guy comes out and he cuts everything off and their number one heel is a Trump supporter and it was hilarious <laughs> and he came out there in the name of our good president Donald J. Trump and like all of these stupid liberals and it was absolutely hysterical because again you got to know your audience and a mirror image of the commie guy
0: working the gimmick in Appalachia
1: <laughs> something like that yeah so and then of course who comes out as the savior of the LBGT community None other than Sunny Kiss, aka Exolicious on Lucha Underground. And <laughs> I got a picture taken. It was hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, and you know what? Also, another thing, too, is seriously good for them yeah. because. Oh, I found, like, I found out on that show, there was, again, it's WrestleMania weekend. There's something for everybody. There's mm-hmm. this. There's Joey Ryan's penis party. That got people. That is now a meme going around. We didn't film that show, but we heard all about it. Okay. There's now a meme that's going around with some stuff that happened on that show. Um, but on this show, there was, the. Uh, um, it was, I think every performer except for one um, was gay. Okay. And it's like, there was a point in time in, or is gay um there was a point in time where that was Would you d- wouldn't discuss that in wrestling that was just not a thing it was they had just like matches
0: where uh, pat patterson was special referee
1: no but i bet okay. it would have been really cool if he would have been there they would have <laughs> been probably welcomed with open arms and yeah. you know it was just a fun wrestling show uh-huh. it was it didn't take itself seriously at all I mean, at all, and it was just like, I wouldn't think
0: that a gay wrestling show would. I would think it would be very campy.
1: Very campy, and that's the thing. There was such a variety of shows. It's funny, I look back on it, and I'm like, how do we get, whoa, like, from, you know, going from... The Black Craft Wrestling show, where they crucified a guy. That happened. Like, he legitimately. As a bit Roman
0: Catholic boy. That doesn't sound like my scene. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> and the preacher, who was their leader of the group. Uh, I got my picture with, taken with the legendary Doug Bradley, who you would know better as Pinhead okay. from Hellraiser. Uh-huh. He was playing the role of their, their leader. And uh, this show is also available on. Tell me they got James Mitchell working for them. That's a guy that's going to fit right think, in you think, yeah, he, would yeah. Fit, he was not there, but he really? would fit right okay. in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, they crucif- Fighter guy, I met him. I mean, not to break kayfabe, but I met the guy after the show. The cross okay. he's crucified on is his. Okay, he is a stunt side, circus sideshow freak performer. Body uh, manipulation, I guess. How they change how they're supposed to. He's one of those one of those guys. And okay, he had the thrill of a lifetime. And the you know, the guy came out there. In the first match, first guys with the first match come out, and there's a dude. Like the entrance way is a dude being crucified. It's like, well, if your your goal is to get people talking, that might do it. Um, Well, at least WrestleMania never happens during Holy
0: Week, so at least there's that. Yeah, true. Uh, Yeah, yeah, it's pretty close. It's It's just one of those things. Yeah, it's one of those. You know, I think it's
1: it's one of those things where everyone's trying to do whatever they can to draw whatever sort of attention they can get to try to stand out to be something, and to go from that to the thing later on. And then we also had the. The Stardom Wrestling Show, which, oh my god, I highly recommend that. Anybody who's a wrestling fan, uh, they're the Japanese women's promotion. Mm -hmm. Best show of the weekend, hands down. Interesting. Hands down. The way they used psychology and everything about it was just... And the way they arrived at the venue... Um, they showed up to the venue on a bus, Mm -hmm. and it was, like, definitely Japanese precision. Like, every performer walked in, Uh like, from the champion down to whomever. They all walked in, they set up chairs, they got the whole venue set up, they signed, they all signed autographs that were Mm -hmm. put on the first four rows. They did all their matches, and the the best part is, before the show started, we were still waiting for the, um... Uh we were there for the uh, uh I think that was when the IPWK show was yeah it was. That's when that okay. show was still going on. It was before that. We were still watching that and uh um I met Session Moth Martina who is I guess oh. a pretty big name now in the Indians <laughs> talking beforehand, and like, oh, she's in the match, and I was like, Mm -hmm. she's asking about that, and like, her whole gimmick is she's a a party girl, and she fit right in, she even came out holding the Budweiser, and came out with like, these traditional, like, and it is like, traditional dance, it is beautiful, like, Uh the whole thing, the whole show, I think a word I can use to describe it is beautiful, Uh and they stayed after the show, and signed autographs and took pictures until each and every fan had left the building. Interesting, and I thought that was very, very cool. But, That's uh, so professional of them. Yeah, absolutely. The their American correspondence was from Akron. Uh huh. That was kind of cool. It was like, hey, yeah, I'm like, wow, I met a lot of Ohio that mm-hmm. went on this weekend. A lot yeah. of so OVE apparently beyond Sammy Callahan, who I also did two of his matches. Okay. Um, so Sammy Callahan is fantastic like mm-hmm. he did he does he gets the love he deserves at the same time i can't put him over enough just like how much that dude does like bust his butt out there and again you didn't have to take a bad shot to the head from him yeah but you know what they <laughs> i saw them pass each other and they didn't really you know uh-huh. uh, this is what it is yeah yeah i don't want to either sammy so don't come find me <laughs> yeah but the best part one of the best heels of the whole weekend was ohio because OVEs on all these different shows, so like at least four different shows, we were at there chanting "Ohio sucks" and we're just laughing at the, the headsets of each other, like they, they have no idea, no it's idea. All Ohio people. Yeah, it's all <laughs> Ohio people. We're like, that's pretty funny. So like, all the crowds like "Ohio sucks," and which to go. Backwards because I went all over the place because I don't know my brain swelled down for a minute there. Um, the notion of Ohio having heat in NYC is so great. So um, at one Boston, point... Boston
0: I could see, L.A. I could see, Philly I could see, Ohio, Ohio, yeah. At
1: the like, at the very first, um, you know, we were setting up for the first day of the fight all fight fest all access uh-huh. a fight free for all day. I believe is what it's called. Um, the uh, we're sitting in there, and you know, you walk in and it was. Uh, Uh, Stryker and um, Matt Stryker and Cyrus and everybody were just like, you know, hi, how are you, blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah. That was actually the first time Cyrus and I actually ever met in person. Mm -hmm. We've been Facebook friends for years in a ring announcer group and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, So, at one point, Josh Matthews comes in and he's sitting down and he's talking about, you know, Stryker says something about, like, oh, you know, at least you're at home. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I don't live here. You know I don't live here. I live in in Columbus, Ohio. And Matt Stryker (laughs) looks... And he goes, Columbus? Oh, that's terrible. He goes... Well, this is not as terrible as living in some place like Akron, Ohio. And he looks at all of us, knowing full well that I'm from Akron and that Mike, uh, the, um, the one guy from Fights, lives in Akron. So we're like, that's pretty funny. Wait a way wait wait a heel on me there, buddy. I like that. So I okay. that gave me a good chuckle. I was like and then go and do the rest of the shows, you know, all the like um and then all the way into uh, WrestleMania, actually. Because mm-hmm. in the uh, Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, the one guy from Saturday Night Live came out wearing an Ohio Odell Beckham That's Cleveland right. Brown jersey. Yeah. So the theme went through the whole weekend. I just I just well, wish Johnny Gargano was a heel and then it would have like would have been perfect. It would've fit in, yeah. And,
0: and and you said to me off air about how the world was all around NYC on Friday night when he won the NXT Championship at TakeOver. We'll talk a little bit about that later. I know you haven't gotten the chance to catch it yet. I did. I loved it. it I uh, You got a lot to look forward to because it, it may be the greatest TakeOver show. We'll talk about that a little bit later. One of the things I wanted to talk about as well, too, since we talked about TNA slash Impact and the way that their image has kind of changed over the years what has sort of gone the other way in my estimation. Ironically, it's sort of the peak moment in the history of the promotion, ROH combining with New Japan to do the Madison Square Garden show. But it's a thing where they used to be, like, it was so funny ten years ago when The Wrestler came out, when it was like, Randy the Ram Robinson... Wrestling for ROH. It was like one of these in-jokes that if you were a wrestling fan, like, yeah, right, like an 80s relic would ever be in ROH. Because I remember at the time, I think I said on air, like, Jerry Lynn did a gimmick as far as, like, being washed up there. Like, one of the greatest technical wrestlers until the day he quit wrestling. Didn't he
1: win the world title during that run?
0: I think he might have. Yeah, yeah. I think he'd won the ROH it was like, the world title. And it was like they're doing a gimmick where somebody as technically magnificent as Jerry Lynn is doing a washed-up gimmick. So, yeah, right, like they would ever do that. Cut to 2019, where all of a sudden ROH decides that they're not too high and mighty to do business with Enzo and Cass. And I'm not, ironically, I'm not going to crap at Cass, even though he's a J. Eric big man at this stage of his career. Enzo with his whole shtick and everything like that, you talk about, now again, it's going to draw heat. Anything that goes against the core of a promotion... But we, we've come a long way since the handshakes after the matches in 2002, Jake Dickman. Oh, yeah.
1: I mean, everything has to evolve and yeah. change. And I mean, if you were going to do that a bit, I, I guess the perfect place to do it would be in New York. Because that's yeah. where you're going to get the most positive reaction for it. And, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, it is what it is. I didn't see it. I didn't watch it. I didn't either. I, uh, I saw, like, clips of it later on. But, um, yeah, it was... Uh, I, I, it's what it is. I mean, you know, I, it's, it's just interesting to see, you know, would you ever thought, you know, with 2002, even 2006, that ROH would be running a sold out Madison Square Garden? That's a mind boggling thing in of itself. Kind of an
0: asterisk on it though, in that, again, co-promoted with New Japan, we always knew that New Japan would have the potential to be. At a, at a high level here. And here's the interesting thing of it as well. Shout out to my old bowling buddy, uh, Ted Riegling, who is a lapsed wrestling fan. Who's just Hi, sort Ted. of Hey, Ted. Who's just kind of gotten back in over the last year or so. And, and uh, he ended up watching it, uh, I guess, on Fight Network on Saturday night, the MSG show. And he was just kind of shaking his head because he'd sort of gotten back into it because of the elite and everything, he's like,
1: wow, this new
0: D-Elited ROH, you know? Like, Yeah, that's the other
1: thing, too, that is not really, when everyone bought those tickets, the Elite was still there. Yes,
0: like, <laughs> they got that. so when, when, when I say asterisk, this is not just me being a dick saying that. That's it's true. It's you built the promotion to the level it's at with the Elite, and with the co-promotion with New Japan. Yeah. So, those are two pretty big asterisks. Yeah. And no, the elite's gone.
1: I'm not saying that ROH showed it up by themselves. Right. I, I was just But saying, even, even. I th- was just saying this the idea that, like, you know, ROH, that it was Ring of Honor. Is and like, you're right. You're right, I mean, Japan. Even yeah, even because that's unimaginable that it was like happen... in the garden, like wow, during WrestleMania well, week. Yes, like what? <laughs> well, <laughs> that's like okay. Mostly but on the business change. end, as far as
0: Vince, you know, kind of dropping the ball on that of losing the exclusivity. But but you're right. ROH had to rise up to a certain enough D- point. And the other, now are they ever going to do something like that again? Without the elite, probably not, but at least they'll be able to say they
1: did it once. I mean, the reasoning behind it makes sound logical sense from mm-hmm. the, McMahon's point of view. The guard just got too damn expensive. I mean, it's it's one of those things where it, it is. The Barclays Center cuts them a better deal. They have a better thing there, and I, you know, it, I mean, it, as purist, you don't have to like it, but it is what it is. I mean it's part of the fact well, it's the, the union that works with the garden, the way you have to do stuff. You're paying you're paying three times the amount of money and it's a pain in the ass to get to. It's a pain in the butt to get anything into it. It's a pain in the butt to get anything out of it. They use it to anybody who's ever performed the garden. They're all there's very similar like tales well, of this. And I I mean I get it. I'm not saying I like it, I just, I just it's well.
0: But here's the thing, though. It, it's the arrogance of, and as we talk about this era that we're sort of coming into now, of not exactly the return of the Monday Night Wars, but the closest we've seen to it. People like me have been guilty of using the inaccurate term "monopoly" over the last 18 years. It's never been a monopoly. What it has been a monopoly on is wrestling history. Because if you want to use any footage, yeah. they bought up all the tape libraries, and it's that. So, and not exactly a monopoly. I trace the indie boom, in my mind, probably to when, about 2013, 2014, to when it started getting serious. I think, ironically, about the time of the WWE Network, when it became clear that streaming
1: was a huge thing, and that you could bypass TV. Streaming was really, really what made it, like, take off. It's one of those things, I agree with you on that. It's like, I mean, because now, like, you know... You have access to all these different things, all these different promotions, you know, available through Fight and all the other yep. apps that are out there that you can download stuff. And it's just like, or YouTube for that matter. You know, right. you can put stuff out on YouTube and have like a case in point. Yeah. Have your content. Yeah. That, there's easier ways to get content to people. Um, and it what makes it interesting now is, you know, the whole idea that... Um, WWE or with WWE and their you know their deal with Fox and all of a sudden like all the rumors that AEW is going to do with like perhaps TNT or TBS, which yeah. is just crazy. It's like wait what? It's crazy, but it's like what's old is new again. You yes. know? that doesn't mean it's going to happen. You know, we haven't heard anything, but stuff's getting leaked out there, and it's like well that that would be that could make for an interesting an interesting ride of well, yeah. things, and they're going to have no shortage of talent as I saw this weekend or this last weekend of people that they can go to oh yeah that could fill up a roster and make an absolutely amazing show an amazing show that is a diverse show that's the thing with wrestling you need to have a diverse crowd you can't all do the same thing for everybody or else you know you. you, well that's right that's right and and you're sort you're tying into
0: my my point that I was about to make perfect anticipation on your your part because the whole thing about the, losing the exclusivity with MSG that's the arrogance on their part of again they're not a monopoly but they're not they've been the next best thing to a monopoly for 18 years now it's a whole new world now it's going to be a competitive world again. You've got somebody out there that's going to be nipping at your heels, and you have to care again. You have to care about being perceived as being number one because somebody else is out there. I'm not saying AEW is going to run MSG, but they're going to have the highest profile show that anybody's had in 18 years. And I'll tell you this. You have the same absurdist sense of humor that I do, so follow me on this. I want AEW's first show. And by the way, what you alluded to, we could kind of probably believe that it's going to happen because there have been rumors about TNT uh, ever since you know the, the 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 whole TV talk started here. So, but where it's coming out now is this new Warner Media. It's not Turner anymore. It's not Turner Sports. Whatever. It's all Warner Media after the latest of these mega mergers that. Their whole thing for the upfronts, and we cover the upfronts every year on this show, it's always a big deal in New York with the fall lineups and stuff. That's where it's leaking out. The executives are preparing to sell this new show that's going to be on there. So this is going to be one of these things. Follow me on this. I want the first episode of, I think it's going to be Tuesday Night Dynamite, I want it to be from Panama City, Florida. I want them to do it down there. I want I want them for the night to hire Two ex-WCW wrestlers. Let's just say Sting and Lex Luger. They don't have to wrestle. And well, they can't wrestle, well, so yeah, that's not going to really work. Well, you. yeah. It, by the way, shout out to Lex, who's been on a Lex. couple times. I love Lex uh, to death. I'm not, I'm not saying I, I'm not
1: saying this Why can't they just use Jericho? He's already going to be there. Well,
0: they, they, <laughs> they could they could. But I'm thinking specifically just people who are known as ex-WCW wrestlers who were there that night. And I want to I want to cut to them backstage. I just want to have a backstage vignette. Hmm. They said there was going to be a a, a hiatus before there was the next show on TNT. I didn't think it would last that long. I just want that moment, Jake Digman.
1: Yeah, yeah. I can I can definitely see that. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that that would be something you would want.
0: Yes, that would be. Yes, I would I I would pop for that. But uh, I can't wait to see what they are going to do. But, uh, again, so we we alluded to Cass and Enzo and and the run-in at MSG. There were some marks out there that night that were saying that, oh, what WWE did with the run-in on Bret Hart was just designed to take away attention from what ROH had planned with their own thing. Sadly, Bret Hart's thing, as anybody with a brain knows, was not a work. Uh, it was unlike Montreal, some would say. Uh, but, Do you know what's uh, funny?
1: What? Pro wrestling is the only industry; it's the only form of entertainment, sport, whatever the heck you want to call it, that the fans are so used to getting like like it's not real that they yeah. create so many things in their head where it's like I honestly believe, and especially after like this past week and just like seeing things that. Fans' minds will go absolutely insanely crazy. And then they'll be like, oh my God, this, like the Bret Hart thing. Like some somebody did, Vince paid someone to come out there. And then you like hear someone tell a story about Vince and goes, yeah, that's something insane that he might do.
0: Well, Bret's going to be the wrestler in the Guinness Book of World Records for most incidents that people consider to be a work. Uh, he, he probably can't count them on one hand anymore as far as the things that people doubt the veracity of.
1: Uh, <laughs> I'm just like, why are you attacking of all people Bret the Hitman Hart? What well, was your reasoning behind that? And as,
0: as numerous people pointed out, when Hulk Hogan was standing right there. But, uh, yeah, right, you know? You know? Oh, yeah, <laughs> I mean,
1: what was, the, what was your reasoning behind that? But, well, um...
0: obviously it wasn't a work. It was a thing where, uh, and one wonders if it plays in. I think the way that they were going, I think they were going towards the Raw tag team title change anyways, but there were many people out there who thought that Dash Wilder might have bought a longer title reign by getting that shot in on him. As he was being led away. i got to tell you, I have zero problem with that. And for any of the snowflakes out there on Twitter that were all pissed off about the man was defenseless, whatever. Shouldn't have done it in the first place. It's much like, <laughs> remember when we had the epidemic in baseball of people running on the field and attacking players? And then players realized, wait a minute, we have bats and balls and spikes. And as soon as they started using them, run stopped. That uh, kind yeah. of thing, what happened to him needs to be an example so it never happens to anybody else ever again.
1: I just go with the old school mentality, that is what happens. Yeah. If you do that, that's what happens to yeah. you. You jump in the ring, you get the crap eaten out of you. Yeah. You're not going to be like, oh my god, I ran a jump a, guy, a 60-year-old man from behind and like, uh, yeah, 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 screw that. Um, well,
0: I mean, <laughs> I don't mean to be that guy, but I guess I'm going to be that guy. Bob gum. if this was 1974 at the Greensboro Coliseum, he'd have been thrown in a room backstage with the Anderson brothers and stretched to within an inch of his life.
1: Thank you, Mr. Cornett. <laughs>
0: I wasn't sure who I was <laughs> imitating there. But. Well,
1: your voice is a little, you could have been him or Oli, but uh, shout out to another frequent yeah.
0: guest on the show. We've had uh, J- 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 JC a few times.
1: Yeah, I listen to his podcast every week. It is fantastic. When I went to Louisville, I, te- I sent him didn't texted him, I tweeted him, asked him where to eat. He sent me a whole list of restaurants to go to. Was <laughs> anybody would Louisville, know uh, Louisville food, it'd be Jim Cornette. He's but, an interesting guy. As we bring the show to a close, we would like to extend our deepest gratitude to NBC, CBS, ABC, Fox, All clear channel affiliates, TNT, TBS, USA, UPN, Deadspin.com, YouTube.com, YTMND.com, MySpace.com, various blogs, Fox News, CNN, CNBC, MSNBC, IamBoard.com, SoulBoard.com, Google.com, ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN News, ESPN Classic, NBA TV, NFL Network, Sports Time Ohio, Athlon Magazine.